Welcome to Decision Vision, a podcast series focusing on critical business decisions. Brought to you by Brady Ware and Company. Brady Ware is a regional, full-service accounting and advisory firm that helps businesses and entrepreneurs make visions a reality. And welcome to Decision Vision, a podcast giving you, the listener, clear vision to make great decisions. In each episode, we discuss the process of decision-making on a different topic. Rather than making recommendations, because everyone's circumstances are different, we talk to subject matter experts about how they would recommend thinking about that decision. My name is Mike Blake, and I'm your host for today's program. I'm a director at Brady Ware & Company, a full-service accounting firm based in Dayton, Ohio, with offices in Dayton, Columbus, Ohio, Richmond, Indiana, and Alpharetta, Georgia, which is where we are recording today. Brady Ware is sponsoring this podcast. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast aggregator, and please also consider leaving a review of the podcast as well. Our topic today is, should I consider taking out an SBA loan? And um, I'm excited to cover this topic because although I don't do a lot of stuff with banks, frankly, my skill set is more on the the equity side as a recovering venture capitalist and so forth, but um, I do... It is my belief that the SBA loan program is one of the least understood um, or most commonly misunderstood opportunities for small business finance out there. And and frankly, it's it's also in spite of the fact there are many outlets and many venues that are promoting the S the SBA program. It is a program that not many people even know about. And if you are a small business and you're looking at financing, if you're looking at acquiring a small business, might even be a franchise, if you don't know about the SBA program, you really are leaving important options available to you off the table. And uh, like I said, I, I'm really not qualified to talk at, at more than a very superficial level about the SBA program. So if you're a listener to this show, you know what's coming next. I've brought in an expert who does know about the SBA program uh, quite a bit. And uh, here joining me is uh, my pal, Joy Manbeck, who is a senior vice president and director of SBA lending with Vinings Bank. And a funny, sort of funny story, Joy and I have known each other, I think, for 10, 12 years or so. And, And we hadn't been in contact. We sort of all, all, did our various things. Joy was off taking over corporate America, and I was probably in a gutter somewhere. Um, but we happened to run into each other at an event where we had both recently joined our new companies as a mixer between my firm, Brady Ware, and her uh, bank, Vinings Bank. And it turns out now that we are about 500 yards away from each other in terms of where our offices are, although neither of us is actually ever in there because we're always on the road. But at least theoretically now, We've, we've, we've come together and that's kind of what got my wheels spinning about, uh, about this particular topic. So, you know, Vinings Bank was established in 2007 to offer something unique by combining community-based banking expertise with services that create an environment that encourages both growth and prosperity. They offer a full range of financial products and services, including specialized deposit solutions for business checking, sophisticated lending options, and outstanding cash management services to help businesses thrive. Joy is an Atlanta native. I don't know there are any Atlanta natives left anymore. Um, and has been in banking for over 35 years. Uh, she graduated from Georgia State University with a degree in finance. And her hobbies include fitness, gardening, and violin. I did not know that. We're going to have you in our band. I would not advise. <laughs> we'll have, we'll do a Dexy's Midnight Runner kind of, uh, kind of cover situation there. Um, 
She's uh, has a number of community and civic roles. Uh, she is the 2019-2020 president of the Rotary Club of North Fulton. She is an alumnus of Leadership North Fulton. She's a board member of Capital Partners Certified Development Corporation, is on the board of trustees of Alpharetta United Methodist Church, and is a volunteer youth leader also with the Alpharetta United Methodist Church. Joy, thanks for coming on the program and somehow making time because you do a lot. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Um, people talk about bankers hours, man. They have not met you. <laughs> um, so let's, let's get started. What, let's start with the very basics. What is a small business administration loan? Well, an SBA loan, um, SBA was started in the 1950s to help businesses who were struggling with getting loans to help uh, incent banks to make loans by guaranteeing a portion of the loan. So uh, 7A loans, that's the 7A program, is, has a 75% SBA guarantee. Uh, and then the the bank takes the the risk of the twenty five percent, and then the SBA guarantees the seventy five. The bank makes the whole loan, uh, and then the the government guarantees it. So why do companies consider taking out an SBA loan versus a more conventional financing instrument? Well, several reasons. One is the longer terms. Um, financing equipment over usually is over a 10-year period, no balloon payments, real estate. We can finance over a 25-year period. Again, no balloon payments. And then the amount down can be as little as 10%. Also, businesses that um, um, are special use, uh, like if a daycare, gas station, car wash, they have a little bit more trouble in the conventional world getting financing. And so SBA is is usually a partner with those type businesses. And and so you say, for example, a ten year a ten year repayment period. In a more conventional loan, what do those repayment periods look like? Is it more like a three to five year or maybe even quicker? Typically, um, usually three, at least they'll amortize them sometimes over 20 years. If it's real estate, 20 uh, year amortization, three, five or seven year call feature typically on those. So my understanding is that not all SBA loans are created equal. There's actually a number of programs out there. So can you highlight a few of those specific programs? Certainly. Um, as I mentioned, the 7A program a few minutes ago, these are eligible for any most small uh, not, uh, for-profit businesses. Um, it, and it's for a myriad of things. It could be to purchase real estate, construction, buying fixed assets, purchasing another business, um, starting a business, or working capital purposes. 7A covers all of that. Then you've got the SBA, what's called the 504 program, and that's only to buy real estate or fixed assets. And then another one that's become very popular is something called the CAP line, C-A-P-L-I-N-E, and that's another 75% guaranteed program up to $5 million, um, but it is an in-and-out line of credit. Now, in the past, I think the SBA has also had so-called express loans. Is that right? Like for uh, veterans, things of that nature? You feel, do they still exist? Am I right? And if so, can you tell us about those? They do. This is not something I have a lot of expertise in, but it's a, an express loan would be a, would also be a line of credit. It would be a shorter term, and those loans are usually 350000 and under. Okay. I have 50% guarantee on those. So for your needs, as long as you're not, as long as you're not trying to buy Apple, Sounds like there's potentially an SBA loan out there, out there for somebody. Absolutely. So what kinds of companies are good candidates for, for, for SBA loans? I, I assume there must be some that are kind of better than others. Um, again, it's, it's for profit businesses. Um, and 
basically, I mean, there are certain industries, gambling, we can't loan to, we can't loan to finance companies, but um, pretty much anything, any um, for-profit business, professionals, as I mentioned, car washes, restaurants, daycares, um, funeral homes, uh, you name it. And the SBA is actually a big source of franchise financing, right? Because they actually maintain, I think, is a pretty interesting list of the, the the most successful franchises in terms of low failure rates and the ones that are a little bit dicier. Correct. Yeah. For lack of a better term. So, right. um, what about now? The world I play in, as you know, is a lot of technology companies. Now, I, I presume that you know, an SBA is not a replacement for venture capital. That's just not that kind of financing. But are are there scenarios in which a technology or technology driven company might also consider an SBA loan? Oh, absolutely. And we, we loan to technology driven companies quite a bit. So they are totally eligible. Um, you know, their terms are usually going to be, it's usually for working capital purposes. Um, so if it's, if it's permanent working capital, like a 10 year term, but if the lines of credit are also good for those. Okay. Um, and then you talked about companies that are not good candidates for SBA loans. You talked about, uh, uh, casinos, I guess gaming is not going to be a good Correct. candidate. That's right. Um, uh, I would assume a marijuana company is not going to be a good candidate yet. That may change, but right now we're not there. You're right. Um, finance companies. So you don't, you don't want people borrowing money from the SBA to then lend it out to somebody else. That's, that's not absolutely right. That's not yeah. the goal of the program. Yeah, right. Uh, any other companies that probably that come to your mind that, that may not be great fits? Not that are for profit. Pretty much. I mean, if it's, um, legal and if it's, uh, um, not a finance company or, or gambling company. Typically it's, it's eligible. Okay. So uh, I'd like to spend our time on the seven A loans because I think <clears throat> one, I'm not knowledgeable about real estate at all. I'm not even very good at monopolies. The 504 thing's going to be Greek to me, mm-hmm. but I think most of our listeners are more likely to be interested in and candidates for the seven A program. So can you delve a little bit deeper into that? What, a, what is a seven A loan look like? We talked about a 10 year term, what does it look like in terms of typical collateral coverage, interest rates, things of that nature? Okay, very good question. Um, first of all, SBA gives us a set of regulations that we have to follow, but then banks can um, use their own, I guess, credit guidelines. So SBA is not a collateral lender. So if a, if a loan is not completely collateralized, um, and, and most conventional lenders want their loans completely collateralized. So that's up to the lender if uh, they want to make the loan with an SBA guarantee on it. However, if the loan is not fully collateralized and the borrower has outside collateral, personal collateral, SBA does expect them to pledge it. So that's one uh, advantage of getting an SBA loan. It does not have to be fully collateralized, but we are required to take available collateral. Uh, the other thing is cash flow. We're going to look at uh, debt serviceability. Uh, SBA's minimum debt serviceability is 1.15 to 1. Uh, we, as a bank, like to see 1.25 to 1. And that, what's that, what does that ratio mean? That means that your cash flow available to cover the proposed debt service on principal and interest. Principal and interest. Okay. Absolutely. But again, that is up to the bank. Um, that's a, that's a guideline with SBA on the 1.15. So, but we can, um, we, our bank looks at loans globally. We'll look at, all the components and make a decision from there. 
So, um, and, and what about interest rates? How, my understanding is at least at one point they used to be fixed to the prime rate, usually one to two percent over prime. Is that accurate? Is that still true? What does that kind of look like? Well, we offer, Vinings offers a couple of options and most banks don't offer fixed rates. We occasionally do, okay. especially on our real estate loans. They're going to be probably in the mid to high sevens. Okay. And it'll be fixed for the full 25 year term. Uh, typically most SBA lenders are going to loan over prime. Okay. And it's going to be typically around prime and two. Okay. You can loan up to prime plus 2.75. Okay. And then it's adjustable usually on the quarter, calendar quarter. Okay. Uh, which, which makes sense because that's usually when the Fed adjusts anyway. So you're kind of on the Fed's, on the Fed's calendar. Um, so the question I think a lot of people will ask and, and where I find that the greatest um, misunderstanding about the SBA program is, is the, you hear SBA, you hear that it's got this, got the eagle on it, it's got the federal logo and everything. Mm-hmm. And therefore you think it like, you know, Donald Trump is writing you a check or it's a, you know, a, US, a Washington based loan. Right. That's not actually the case, is it? Not on seven A's. On seven A's, the bank makes the loan and SBA guarantees it. So your funds come from the bank. They're guaranteed by SBA, and then the borrower makes the payments directly to the bank, and the borrower communicates directly with the bank. Now, you at Vinings Bank are a preferred lender. We are. As are other banks, but not all banks are. So what does it take to become a preferred lender? And if I'm a borrower, why should that matter to me? Well, it's huge for the borrower. Um, first of all, to be able to qualify, you have to, in a 24-month period, have five loans that are approved by SBA on a direct basis. That means your bank approves them in, in our loan committee, and then we submit them to SBA. They underwrite them, and they approve them. So once you've gotten to that five-limit uh, approval uh, of loans, then you can apply for preferred lender status, which means that you have the choice of once you approve the loan at the bank level, you can go ahead and just say it's approved and get your SBA loan number and go move forward with closing. And if you're not prefer, if you're not a preferred lender, how does that differ? It could take up to two to three weeks to get your loan approved with SBA. Okay. A lot longer. And, and that point, I, th- I want to zero in on that a little bit sure. because again, one of the, one reason that people I think shy away from SBA loans are they, when I say, you know, think about the SBA, I say, you know, how long is the government going to take to make a decision? But in fact, the government, especially if it's a preferred lender, is not making the decision at all, right? They've empowered the bank to do that. That's correct. I mean, and we do have to make sure that we do everything according to their regulations because we're going to get audited eventually. And then, you know, we've got to have everything um, as instructed, but we take care of that on our end. You know, we do all the underwriting, but we underwrite them completely with SBA's guidelines and regulations. And so the relationship is that the bank is lending the money and the U.S. government is basically a guarantor that is in correct. case it doesn't work out, basically. Absolutely correct. So I, I, this may not be a fair question, but I just have to ask it. What ha- I mean, what happens if a loan does go bad? Well, the first thing we do is try to work with the borrower. Uh, we try to, to get with them, find out what's going on. Do they just need a payment deferment for a while? Are, are things turning around? Or is this a case where the loan is just, it, it's just defaulting and there's nothing to be done? So then we begin to foreclose. Uh, we, we, uh, foreclose on whatever collateral is available. Then if there's a gap, then we, there's always a guarantor on the loan, personal guarantor, at least one, anybody 20%, uh, and over as far as, um, shareholder, they're required to fully guarantee the loan. So we will go to them, work with them and try to, um, 
try to resolve that gap. Okay. But uh, if not, you know, then we take further steps legally. So, you know, another point, my, my one of the things I advise my clients in asking about the SBA or talking about the SBA is that I think the SBA, SBA lenders do as good a job as any in trying to prevent a default. Absolutely. Right? I think you get a lot more flexibility from an SBA lender than you do most conventional mm-hmm. lenders because you really have no interest in foreclosing unless it's a gun to your head, basically, right? That is absolutely – that's the last thing we want to see. And, and so in that respect, it strikes me as a lot like student loans. I mean, you have to work hard yes. to default on a student loan on an SBA. Is that you know, if your business has any chance at all of becoming solvent and repaying this thing in the future, I mean, there's – there's a lot of rope there, isn't there? There's there's some. I mean, we can do a three pay, three payment uh, principal and interest or principal deferment twice during the loan. Um, but if the you know if the borrower defaults and is just not paying, then we have no choice sure. but to foreclose. No, that's yeah. I mean, that's the way the world works, yeah, right? So absolutely. it's not it's not a grant. It's not free money. <laughs> that's right. So uh, let's say somebody now in earshot is interested, wants to learn wants to maybe take a shot at SBA loan or pursue that, what does the application process look like? Um, basically, we're going to send them a list of the items we need. We'll ask for always three years personal tax returns, three years business tax returns, current personal financial statement, current interim uh, profit and loss statement balance sheet. If it's a startup, we're going to want two years of uh, monthly cash projections and a good business plan, solid business plan. And then um, depending on the company, uh, whether we'll ask for um, things like uh, accounts payable aging, accounts receivable aging, just depends on the structure of the company. Um, we'll get things like um, resumes from the borrower, uh, history of the company. Um, we'll go out and do site visits, uh, meet with the borrower, and we do a lot of hand-holding with our borrowers. I, I imagine because a lot of your borrowers aren't necessarily financially sophisticated in a way where they're putting those projections and you have to teach them the language of banking, I would imagine. Sometimes we do. Um, a lot of, uh, most times I'll encourage them to work with their CPAs. If they're a startup business, uh, and they haven't had a lot of, uh, financial experience in the past, I will strongly suggest they sit down with their CPA and go through the, the projection process. Okay, good. Um, now, I've seen cases where also on, on rare occasion, an SBA requires a third-party appraisal or valuation of the company to be done. When does that get triggered? Um, on a real estate appraisal, if the loan is over 250000 then we're going to require a real estate appraisal if that's our collateral. And then if you're buying a business, then if the the amount that you're financing, that the bank's financing, is over 250000 we're going to require a third-party business valuation. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, and how long does that application process usually take? If we're going to send it preferred lender, if we're going to do it without having to submit it to SBA, typically, um, and I underwrite my, all of us at Findings underwrite our own loans. And it takes me usually two to three days to underwrite a loan. Our committee meet once, once a week. And then uh, from there, we issue a commitment letter. Once the borrower accepts that, then we start ordering appraisals. Uh, we engage a closing attorney. Uh, and I tell people from start to finish, usually 45 to 60 days to close. Okay. And that's a lot faster than I think most people appreciate. Again, I, I think they're used to certain kind of banking stereotypes and they're used to government stereotypes mm-hmm. as well. But 
in, in reality, you most likely will receive funding through the SBA much more quickly than you will from a venture capitalist. Absolutely. Right? VC is going to be a four to six month exercise if it's right. fast tracked. Sure. Um, so are there certain any, are there any restrictions on what an SBA, what SBA funds borrowed can be used for? Um, there are, we can't loan money to pay a borrower, give money back to a borrower, say that they've, um, bought a piece of property and they contributed a certain amount into that property. We can't loan money to give that money back to them. Um, we can't loan money to, um, have a, somebody invest in a business. They can buy the business if they're going to buy it a hundred percent, but it can't be for a partial investment. Um, I'm trying to think of some other scenarios that, uh, go outside the, the realm. Well, you so. think I, that's one part that I think that I didn't know. I, I knew that you couldn't, I knew you couldn't borrow in order to buy minority interest, but I did not realize you couldn't borrow if it's a majority interest. It's only if you're buying a hundred percent. That, that is correct. Okay. You can't just buy in. Um, in your experience, where do you think most of the funds get used? Um, real estate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's that it could, because those are going to be the bigger loans. SBA goes up to the loan can be up to 5 million with their guarantee. It's a million, 3 million, seven fifty would be their portion. So those are always typically going to be bigger loans, the real estate loans. So not all SBA loans are approved. Uh, of course, you'd love to get them all through, especially you would love to get them all through. But the reality is that it's not a 100% guaranteed process. Sure. So, you know, one, in, in your experience, kind of what percentage of applications do you think make it through where the loan is actually approved? Um, most of mine, if they're not going to make it, it's going to be a desk turned down, meaning I'm going to look at it and realize it's it's not going to work. Right. Um, most of them we take to loan committee are approved. And then since we're preferred lenders, um, you know, we approve it. Um, at our bank and we just get our SBA number. So we don't, don't have a lot of turn down scenarios. Yeah. You, you make sure it doesn't get to that process. Exactly. I'm, I'm sure, the, to. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the borrowers appreciate that too, right? You'd right. much rather a quick no exactly. than a long maybe. And we try to do that. Um, what, what are the most frequent reasons you find yourself at that desk level saying, you know, we're going to have to take a pass on this for now? That's a very good question. Uh, one would be inexperience of the borrower. Somebody wants to start a restaurant, but they've never even worked in a restaurant or daycare or whatever it's going to be. Another is cash flow. You know, if the, um, the cash flow, the historical cash flow of the company doesn't, um, show that it can debt service the loan. Um, and you know, sometimes we'll do a projection base. They, they're going to add, uh, another city, uh, to their, to their company or they're going to add people or whatever. Then we'll look at projections. Um, uh, another would be that it's way under collateralized and we're taking too big a risk there. And then another would be trends. Maybe the company's shown some negative trends over the, over the past few years. Um, and the good news, I think some of those can kind of be fixed and they can be addressed proactively. I mean, you can't sure. necessarily fix your history, but, uh, you certainly can kind of rework, rework the business, right? So Absolutely. in a way that, that can actually be a very educational process because you may be the, you may for a lot of these businesses be the first kind of, professional finance person that has looked at a business in that way and that mm-hmm. feedback can be very helpful, right? Sure. So Absolutely. have you ever had boomerangs or you've said, look, this isn't ready to go now, but maybe six months to a year later they are ready and you wind up being able to approve them? We have. I've had a few of those in my in my history, but um usually they've gone they tend to go another avenue, but uh, sometimes they'll be back. So 
you hinted this before, but it, 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 it's worth kind of focusing on. Uh, if, if, if I'm an SBA borrower, particularly if I've never done something like that before, is it worth hiring an accountant or an attorney? Maybe both, maybe somebody else to kind of help me through that process. I, I totally would. I mean, for, you know, mentioned earlier, a CPA to help you with the numbers, with your projections and see what's reasonable. Also an attorney to walk you through, um, getting your, your business, um, opened, you know, with the state of Georgia and just advice, you know, to, as far as contracts, you know, they need to have someone look at a contract with them who has legal knowledge. So, um, one, I'm going to get to a piece of advice I often tell my clients, boy, I hope it's right. <laughs> um, and, and that piece of advice is that if you're declined by one bank for an SBA loan, that doesn't necessarily mean that every single bank's going to decline it. Is there truth to that? If, if, you know, bank A declined it, you know, maybe they might come to you and you might view that, that differently. Is that a valid piece of, is that a valid thought? It absolutely is. Um, all lenders have their own guidelines. We all have to go by SBA regulations, but different lenders have different priorities. Like we're, we look at a loan globally. I mean, we, we're going to look at all aspects of it. Other SBA lenders only want real estate and they want coverage of 85% or whatever. So, and we, most of the SBA lenders in Atlanta know each other and we know what each other will do that maybe our bank won't do. And I've referred a number of times somebody to another bank that um, might look at a, a loan that's got low cash flow to debt service coverage or uh, collaterals way off. So, um, but yes, I mean, those are bank guidelines as long as you're following SBA regs. And it doesn't mean somebody's right or wrong. It can just be a comfort level of the kind of business you're in, right? Exactly. Absolutely. So you know, let's take you for example. Are there are there certain kinds of businesses that you just feel like you just know really well and you can really get into them? I, I do. Yeah. So I, I've I become a car wash lender for one. You uh, mentioned that a couple yeah. times, yeah. <laughs> uh, and restaurants. I've done a lot of restaurant lending, daycares. So those are industries that are sort of my area of expertise. But but we do really so many different industries. So we don't want to, you know, we don't want to limit it. Ever, sure. So sure. Well, um, what do you, besides what we've talked about, are there any kind of other kind of misconceptions about SBA loans that you think that the, the audience ought to know about? Uh, in addition to the timing, you know, if you work with a preferred lender and there are other lenders that are what's called GP, uh, general, um, participant that can get the loans done, um, efficiently. So it's not only at PLP lenders, but we can certainly get them done faster than if, you know, the ones that aren't PLP, okay. preferred lenders. Uh, the other thing is paperwork. Like I say, we do a lot of handholding. We try to complete as much of the paperwork as we can, um, our processing department. So a lot of people shy away from it because they think it's just going to be tons of paperwork. So that's that, that part, I think in the past was more true than it is now. Um, I'm going to go off the script a little bit, because uh, I thought of a question I can't resist asking. You may not be able to answer it. If you can't, that's fine. We'll We'll move on. But I'm curious, is there a favorite borrower that you've had that just took an SBA loan and just did fantastic things with it that sort of stands out, maybe built a, a car wash empire or something like that? It's funny you should mention that because I uh, loaned, I did a, a 504 loan. That's, you know, that's the loan that you can only do uh, real estate and fixed assets. Uh, uh, it was probably three years ago. Uh, he probably had 2.5 into the whole thing. 
two years later, uh, one of the big car wash franchises came and offered him $7.5 million for it. And so now we're doing another one for him. Wow. But, yeah. I'd say he's a good risk. He is. <laughs> they did everything right. So good borrowers. Well, th- this has been great. There's a, you know, there's a whole lot more knowledge that I, I, I know that you have. And maybe someone wants to think about working with you. And they're getting the sense that I already know. I mean, you're just a great person to work with. So Thank if somebody you. wants to contact you to learn more about if an SBA loan is right for them um, or not right for them, how can they do that? Probably the best thing is uh, the email address, which would just be jmanbeck at vinningsbank.com. And would you, uh, I can spell that out if you'd like me to, or, um, I think Vinings Bank, I think it's fairly self-explanatory and they can go to the website. They'll see the spelling. So absolutely. Okay. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today's program. I'd like to thank Joy Manbeck so much for joining us and sharing her expertise with us. We'll be exploring a new topic each week, so please tune in so that when you're faced with your next business decision, you have clear vision when making it. If you enjoy these podcasts, please consider leaving a review with your favorite podcast aggregator. It helps people find us that we can help them. Once again, this is Mike Blake, our sponsor is Brady Ware & Company, and this has been the Decision Vision Podcast. 